The thoughts and opinions on Just Some Podcast are of the hosts and guests and do not represent the views of organizations that employ them or they volunteer for. They are also not responsible for spontaneous black holes or nuclear wars that may occur. You have been warned. The award-winning podcast that's never won an award. Downloaded and listened to around the world. Join the conversation on our social media. An educational experience that'll make you laugh. You're listening to Just Some Podcast. And here's your hosts, Ben and Tom. Welcome, 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 everybody, to another fun-filled and exciting episode of Just Some Podcast. This is Tom. Hey, this is Ben. Tom, bud, how's your week? Okay, so in all, yeah, so in fairness, to be fair, to be fair, I am going to allow you a one-time redo, knowing that you know how my day went, if you want to ask me that. So I'm going to pause for just a second. Like right. you never asked, and then allow you to either ask me the same question or whatever happens. Okay, we'll just see. Okay. All right, here we go. Hey, Tom, man, how much alcohol did you have to drink tonight to get through your day? So um, for only the second time in just some podcast history, I had a couple, nothing like the alcohol episode. So oh, let's be clear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Let's Let's be clear about that. But. I did have multiple glasses of uh, whiskey and Coke. So it was Monday. I mean, we usually record on Sundays. We, for timing reasons, had to record on a Monday. And, well, this Monday fucking sucked. So I don't I don't really know how else to put it, but that's pretty much what happened. It, it was just, it was one of those, all, I think Mondays in general suck, but I think they suck for most people because like you're just came off days off or blah, blah, blah. No, for some reason, people inherently feel the need to be sicker on Mondays. Yeah, weekenditis. Yeah. And, and I caught the brunt of it today. So enough that even during flu season, I didn't come home and drink after, but tonight I was like, no, we can record if you want, Ben, but I'm drinking before this happens. So uh, that's how my day went. How was your day? <laughs> my day actually was, wasn't too terribly bad, but I'm still on my high from this weekend. You know, I got to do a little traveling and got to watch one of my favorite bands in the world, although they only play yearly now. So I had to to trek down to the Mecca and enjoy that. So that was a good time. Now that you put it like the yearly, if we get a confirmation for next year, I perhaps I will try and make it down for uh, the the pilgrimage. Well, we are working on some things, hopefully to do some reuniting in some local areas as well. So we'll see what happens. It's actually 20th anniversary. Whole shut up, serious, serious, and it's honestly it's the best band that no one's ever heard about. So that's just my personal opinion. Maybe someday we'll be able to play some of their music and 
bring their sounds to the rest of the world. But for now, we have them in our hearts so we can enjoy them. So I don't know. Realistically, other than that, it was okay. I'm I'm scared shitless about the upcoming uh, operation. Dun, dun, dun. T-minus three days. Today, I got my little call from the health system saying, Tom, you have an appointment with Dr. So-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, my God. I got to go buy five bags of frozen peas now <laughs> and just sit here like purposely not watch shows I want to watch so I have something to watch for that first 48 hours that I don't want to move and sit in the lazy boy. So yeah, don't watch anything that could elicit a response. So yeah, you know, honestly, it's one of those weird things that certified urology nurse practitioner we both know. Yeah. I'm going to have to give her a call and be like, hey, how long do I have to like stay out of the slap hockey league? Like, <laughs> like what? What? Wow. Uh, yeah, exactly. I just, I don't know. Like, I think that's subjective. I think like every person has a different, you know, threshold. I don't think there's any, you must wait 72 hours. I can't find any guidelines like that, but. No, I'm sure that, you know, it's like you've heard hospital lore of patients having babies and then like getting caught banging immediately shortly thereafter. So, I mean, I guess if you uh, are feeling up to a little slap hockey right afterwards, I guess you probably could, but I wouldn't recommend it. I can guarantee you I'm not going to feel like it. I I can guarantee that no part of my soul is going to want to have anything to do with arousal for the first couple days after that. I'm so looking forward to next week's episode. It's going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> Why is it you always look forward to the episodes that involve me being in pain is my question. Hey, asshole, I've already went through it. So, yeah, and we didn't do a, a recording possibly live of you getting it. So we could have. I was, I'll tell the story next week. It's great. You know? Yeah, I think that should be part of the episode. So anyway, yeah, we're getting ahead of ourselves. That's next week. So, Tom, I understand you have some business that needs to take care of from last week right uh correct so i'm going to call this a corrections section however i don't it's not like i said something wrong it was more like i omitted some information well i'm glad we all admit to that right now but so basically we need to clear a few things up so Kristen in missouri was a nurse in an icu that originally sent me the z-dog clip and said hey you guys might want to cover this and i totally whiffed and didn't give her the credit for giving me the show idea that then i sent the clip to ben and we talked about it which then became a show so Kristen in missouri you know who you are thank you so much for the information and we truly love the show and we think that was really important like tonight's show is going to be fun and it's irrelevant in a certain way. It's like no one's going to die without this information, but I think the burnout episode was, has an impact. Yeah. I think it touched a lot of people. I know that we had gotten some other feedback from it as well. And some recommendations on uh, Facebook. I believe it was Jennifer that had recommended us on Facebook and said, you know, that it was nice to hear that, you know, for people who are experiencing burnout or moral injury, that they're not the only ones that are going through it. So I think that we, I think it was a good episode. 
I completely agree. And so, Kristen, thank you. So this is a special part of the correction section for a certain somebody named Megan who made the mistake of marrying me. Uh, that poor woman. Poor, poor woman. So let's let's get a few things out of the way. And I purposely didn't tell Ben the second half of this, so this is going to be fun. So the first half is last week. Man, I completely messed up last week. Last week, I said, hey, you know, so I read the story and I did read the story on treatment of high blood pressure with sound waves. What I failed to mention is I made it sound like I was this awesome person and scoured the Internet and I didn't. My wife sent it to me and I didn't mean to. It just happened. Like I was just. Yeah. yeah. So. I was talking to her and I said, hey, you know, I did this story on sound waves and she looked at me like I was a moron because mostly I am. And I was like, oh, wait a second. You sent that to me, didn't you? <laughs> so we had that little conversation and she's as gracious as ever and was like, yep, I did that. I was like, oh, thank you, baby. However, <clears throat> that leads me to the second part of this. And now I'm using air quotes corrections section. <laughs> Yes. Yes. Okay. So here's how this breaks down is my wife tells me she listens to the show. I know she doesn't. She knows she doesn't, but she has tried to bluff me into believing that she does. And okay. that's a wrong fucking move with me because guess what? I always find out. <laughs> I always know what's going to happen. So here's how this played out as I'm groveling for forgiveness for yes. the minor inconvenience to her that she didn't even know about about not giving her credit for the story because i actually felt bad for a second Uh, and i do mean for a second stop it well you're gonna find out why i stopped feeling bad pretty quick go ahead sir so i was watching on hulu one of our favorite shows it's one of my favorite shows i think it's one of your favorite shows now letter kenny yeah yeah love that show if you guys haven't watched that completely you should watch that show it is a good show. Um, I, I will tell you it's one of those shows you're either going to love or hate so if you hate it no big deal just move on with your life you're not going to get it <laughs> to be far so we're watching this and in this particular episode of letter kenny which is on the adult spelling bee all right so you can find it he starts talking to her about the neuroplasticity of the human brain by doing word puzzles. All right, so this is take two since my computer decided to screw up. Um, there's a particular part where they're talking about neuroplasticity in the brain and learning, and the guy's doing a Sudoku puzzle. Remember Sudoku, right? Oh, yeah, definitely I do, yes. So I'm sending my lazy boy like an old man, and I'm looking at my wife and her lazy boy because, you know, she's old. And... I said, yeah, because we were literally, you know, just talking about just on podcast. I said, so that's why I'm going to win the Nobel Prize. Oh, God. And she's like, what? I said, yeah, the joke, me, Sudoku, Nobel Prize. And that's when it dawns on me. She doesn't have a damn clue as to what I'm talking about. Not a clue. Not not a single clue. But she listened. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's the point is yeah it's i gave her that look like i got you like i'm the police detective on the murder suspect i got uh-huh. you and i i do the little denzel washington malcolm x like finger on the side of my face just stare at her for a second and i'm like 
So let me get this straight. You listen to the show, but you don't know about the Nobel Peace Prize. And she's like, what are you talking about? So that's how I found out my wife is completely lying to me. And I can say whatever I want right now because she clearly doesn't listen to the show. So uh, my wife, I love you. But if you had a sister, I would call her hot and try to make out with her. So what do you think about that? Since you since you listen to the show, you're going to know to get mad about this, right? I just I'm throwing this out there because I want all 50,000 people that listened to us on Helium Radio last week to hear me say, I know my wife isn't going to listen to this. So feel free to punish me and be mad if you do hear this. (laughs) But I don't think you're going to. Well, she may not, but her friends probably will. Her friends will tell her. Possibly. We'll see. They might be laughing, though. To be fair, I'm to be fair, and if you watch the letter, Kenny, you'll get the to be fair references we keep doing. Actually, I know several of her friends. I think I'm friends with several of her friends. And while I have no doubt their loyalty lies to her, I also think that they would be laughing hard enough at this point to not like want to give up the joke. Like they want to get part of it. Like they want to watch what happens when I bait and taunt her knowing I just said all this. And that she has no idea. Well, let's tune in next week for the vasectomy episode. And also a chicken on, then Megan listen to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so since we talked about that, so I didn't want to tell Ben about that beforehand. I wanted him to hear the pure, raw, uncut version of that story. Yes, sir. There is one more thing we need to clear up. The well, wait, 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 wait. Before you clear yours up. I want to give a shout out to Simple Health Radio for listing us as a follow Friday on Twitter. And to our buddies, Ryan and Mike over at Pop Psych 101, which is still one of my favorite podcasts, for giving us a shout out and a follow Friday on Twitter as well. We appreciate it, guys. All right, now you can. Well, we do appreciate it. And I want to say not only is it one of my favorite podcast the pod psych 101 but listening to them and then listening to some of the other shows because i i will listen to other shows and they'll say oh i like this podcast and i'll download it and listening to them makes me realize how good i think they are because i listen to other podcasts and i'm like ugh, and i end up unsubscribing from them and that's nothing against them i'm sure they have a great following you know some of the ones i've unfollowed but it just makes me realize how good those guys are doing over at pop psych 101 so shout out to them Yep, absolutely. So since I've been rambling on and I think the whiskey is taking its firm grasp, I wouldn't say overdoing it, but it it's definitely got a hold on me at the moment. Courtney, not from Oklahoma, that made sure to not <laughs> only message us, but then specifically reference me in the messages to admin. Let me explain a few things, Miss Courtney, since I have your attention at this point in time (laughs) thank you so let's be clear about a few things okay one i am glad you're not from oklahoma that is a godforsaken place and if i ever become president of the united states i would turn oklahoma into the penal colony for the united states like i would just fence it off (laughs) and then drop prisoners off at it because that's what i think of oklahoma be nice Well, don't even want to ask what I think about Idaho and Mississippi. So, (laughs) but for sure, Oklahoma, there you are. So be glad you're not from there. But uh, and people from Oklahoma that I know, they get the joke 
it's I used to live near Oklahoma. I've been to Oklahoma many times. Uh, lovely people. But Miss Courtney, you, you thought I was making fun of redheads and I'm not. I did say some stuff in jest, but I think I can't explain the entire situation. But there's two things you need to know is, first of all, I have many friends that are redheads because Miss Courtney said, I'm a redhead, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, okay, so here's the deal is every redhead feels like they're the middle or stepchild. Like they always feel like they're the downtrodden somehow. So that's why I like to give them that little bit of extra punch in the ribs. Like, yeah, you're not, but whatever. Boom. Okay. So it's purely in fun. And two, for several reasons that I'm not going to go into on, onto a show for legal reasons. (laughs) My wife thinks I'm obsessed with redhead girls. And so it's just become a joke between me and my friends and my wife. If there's something about redheads, I have to act like I don't want anything to do with them. So that way she won't tease me incessantly thinking I have the hots for every redhead girl on the planet. Even if you do. There's plenty of feisty hot ones out there. Okay. But that's not the point, Miss Courtney. I just want to point out, I think all my listeners are great. And I I want everybody to be happy. And sometimes I say stuff just because in my head it's funny. So the point is, Courtney, while you're listening to us on your commutes, just like some of the other people that listen to us on your commutes, just know Ben and I really think the world of everybody. And I guarantee you, if you hear something and you're like, why'd they say that? I If I'm being angry about something, I'm pretty sure you'll be clear. So yes. all, all the redheads and all my Oklahoma fans out there. Uh, I love you all, and let's get on with the rest of the show. I would just like to point out at the beginning of that rant, I was laughing because <laughs> it started out with, well, I have lots of redhead friends, which is generally how somebody who's going to say something inappropriate starts out Ooh. a conversation like, oh, no, lots of my friends are, and then you insert whatever. Yeah, no, no, no. Totally fair. Totally, completely fair. And now that you said that, I realize what a douchebag that makes me sound like. I do have several friends that are of the ginger persuasion. And I, wow, I, I guess it just sounds worse every time I say something. So, not talking. Yes. Okay. If you want to find us on social media. Oh, yeah. That thing. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Just Some Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. The other place that you can find us on the web is justsomepodcast.libsyn.com. That's our new podcasting hosting station. And I like their website because it's kind of cool because it gives a running feed of our Facebook and Twitter feeds on the side. So you can kind of, it's an all-encompassing kind of uh, experience for Just Some Podcast. So you can find us there as well. You can find us on Helium Radio Network, Helium Radio After Dark. That's channel two. Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. And you can email us and tell us that you're a redhead. Admin at justonpodcast.com. Tom, what else can they do? First of all, they can give us some ratings and reviews on any of the social media sites you just listed. Beautifully, I might add. Um, Then they can go ahead and let us know if they care about anything I had to say. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. That's fine. Also, they can go to our website at the bottom of the web page. There's an Amazon affiliate link. Go ahead and click on that when you go to do your Amazon shopping. 
it's free to you and it helps out the show. So we would really appreciate it. And while we can't tell who buys what, we do get a running list of what has been purchased. And I'm just saying still me, uh, I'm sure Ben agrees with me, but there's a couple of you I really want to party with sometime. I'm just 27 fake flamingos. I don't know what's happening at that party. But I want to be there. Yeah, I mean, 27 fake flamingos, a six-pack of Vaseline, and three spatulas. I don't know what happened, but, like, for the love of God, I want to know what's going on at that party, okay? I don't know, but I'm going to lay money that that story is going to start on the news with a Florida man. Oh, (laughs) yes. Or as I saw in a uh, trailer for another show, you know, stories down here start with you won't believe this. (laughs) I was like, yeah, 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 I get it. All right. So since we have BS and I just want to point out challenges facing our sound editing team, which comprise pretty much everyone but me at this point. (laughs) Um the magnificent job i can't wait to hear because mid-production at this point everything shut down yeah so <laughs> so yeah this not only is this take two but this is a we had to remember after a 15 minute delay where we were at and then just start again so it's gonna be a learning experience for everybody including myself speaking of learning tom you want to get into stories that we may have missed i sure as hell do all right wait a second am i telling it this time Nope, I got one. Because, okay, because... I don't want to get you in trouble with your wife again. So, <laughs> Tom, there's a new study out showing that a common pain reliever may reduce your empathy. Maybe this is your problem, Tom. We have pinpointed the Tom problem. Well, I'm not on any pain relievers. Not even anything over-the-counter? Oh, see, this is an over-the-counter pain reliever. So, oh, the plot thickens. Researchers from Ohio University in Athens are examining the effect of our ability to empathize with others, and acetaminophen is blunting that effect. I don't take Tylenol, but if I did, my God, if I took Tylenol at this point, I'd probably be a serial killer. So to investigate, <laughs> researchers recruited 114 participants. They gave half the group 1,000 milligrams of acetaminophen, and the other half received placebo. They had them read short passages about people having positive, uplifting experiences, and the acetaminophen reduced positive empathy. So basically, the acetaminophen made them just not really give a shit. Hold on. And I I feel like I'm qualified to say this based on what this episode is, since nobody knows yet, because we haven't talked about it. This dissertation is based on people taking a pain reliever, correct? Acetaminophen. Yes. So these people are in pain. No. They were just looking at it as, does acetaminophen blunt your empathy okay so they just gave people that did not require acetaminophen acetaminophen yes because he's had previous studies that have showed that it can reduce neural responses to social rejection and that it can blunt emotional processing so he was just expounding on previous studies that he had conducted oh well i was gonna say if the guy's already got a rolled ankle and you're just saying here take some tylenol tell me how you feel I was like, really, what were they expecting? But so these are just control subjects taking acetaminophen. Yes. So, and it just says basically this could be somewhat concerning uh, given that an estimated quarter of all U.S. American adults consume a drug containing acetaminophen every week. The research really matters. Now, obviously, with 114 people, it's a very small scale study, and they're looking at expanding upon that. But 
I just kind of found that interesting that it could be potentially altering your empathy for other people. I find that really interesting as well, especially since acetaminophen is usually also combined with other medications. Yes. So it's not just, are you taking Tylenol? It's, are you taking Tylenol? Are you taking this plethora of other medications, which also contain acetaminophen? Exactly. So I'm looking forward to seeing what the future research of that may hold. But I'll tell you right now, if he wins the Nobel before me, (laughs) I'm going to find him. Uh, I'm just saying. Don't threaten people on the show. <laughs> no. I just said I want to have a talk with them. <laughs> so, uh, I think Tom's already started the party. So, the last two episodes that we have done, we it was a very deep episode. You know, we covered uh, the truth, love, um, and then we covered burnout and moral injury. And we appreciate you listening to those. And we thought we need to break up some of that and do something a little bit fun. Right, Tom? Exactly. While we truly enjoy everything we do for the podcast and every week, it seems like we grow and every week we get new listeners and they reach out to us and it really makes us feel good. I know I seem really grumpy, but people telling us that they listen to us like Courtney or some of the other listeners that they are like, hey, I listen to you on my commute. It makes me feel good on the inside. But I'll be honest, reading statistic after statistic on nurse suicide, not really uplifting to my day. And so we thought, you know, what what can we do that can be a little bit more fun? And I'm going to give credit to your wife because she sent one of the original articles that we're going to be referencing on this. And then I have done some more research and found some other ones. So if you are a student that is currently out there and you're listening to this show right now and you're thinking, God, I cannot come up with an idea for my scholarly project or my doctoral dissertation, uh, you know, all the good ideas are taken or I just don't know what the hell to do. Tom and I may have some answers for you. Oh yeah. So first of all, I'm glad you gave my wife some credit. Not that she's ever going to know it, but here's what I want to say is I think first of all, most of us that have continued on through our uh, scholarly progress, understand what you're saying like we all have had to write those papers especially in graduate school you have to pick something in particular if you're going for your doctorate some uh, master's programs require it that we pick something and then focus on it and then develop it and it has to be usually an idea of something we want to do etc etc okay so out of the blue we have decided we we like the education aspect. As a matter of fact, we're going to do a serious show in the upcoming episodes on education for nurses, nurse practitioners, PAs, etc. This is more of the lighter side, right, Ben? Oh, absolutely. So these are some of the strangest, funniest, dumbest. Maybe some, so, you know, the website I'm looking at is the eight dumbest <laughs> research articles that have been written. And so I figured, Tom, you know what? We can just kind of go back and forth. You can talk about whatever one you have first and we can kind of talk about it and then I'll throw one out at you and we'll just kind of make oh, yeah. forth about and And I want people that are listening to know that either A, if you've been through this, you're going to laugh for sure. I don't have to explain this to you. Like you and Jeff, for sure, I know are just going to laugh listening to this. People that are looking to go through doctorate or master thesis programs like myself, this is one of those things like, sweet Jesus, this is uh, something you could, somebody actually got away with this. Right. And 
but the more importantly, I guess, from the slightly educational, and I do mean slightly educational point that we're trying to make is these are people that actually got educational credit <laughs> for some of the things we're going to discuss. So if if you are non-education or non-healthcare, just realize there are people doing some of these projects and they're getting academic credit for some of the things we're about to discuss. So, do so you start, Tom, or do you want? Oh me? yeah, no, no. I want to start because I saw this one. And by the way, for those listening, Ben and I are not telling each other what we're going to throw at each other. Yeah, no, it's yeah. <laughs> so here we go. So oh yeah, I'm cracking knuckles. I want. Yeah, we got we got to get ready for this. Ben, here we go. Are you ready? I am ready, sir. Ovulation, a lap dancer's secret weapon. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I see the benefit of studying strippers, I guess. I mean, well, yeah, (laughs) again, my wife's not listening. I can say whatever I want about strippers, but here's what the premise is. And I hate as much fun as we've made about these projects. I was like, wow, maybe there is a biological component to this that he has tapped upon, which was he investigated adult entertainers and he had them journal the amount of money they made both on and off ovulation periods the shifts etc the shift patterns and the amount of tips they received and when a woman is ovulating her money intake as a lap dancer increased dramatically and so he could prove a correlation between what he calls human estrus which is you know, humans don't go into heat like right. animals, so we don't have a traditional, and I'm making quotes here, estrus, but he's saying there's a correlation between human estrus and greater income. And I go so on, I wonder, here's the question. Let's talk about it. So I wonder, is it like the pheromones that the female is putting off, or is it to get down to an animalistic component, mm-hmm. if she is ovulating... Then is she doing considered in heat? Well, is she doing more to attract a mate per se? I guess to, to take it down to an animalistic point. Just, just well, my thought. Well, and honestly, I think that's a good one. Is is there something to that? And perhaps there's further information out there that I wasn't able to find because, completely honest, I wasn't looking for it. I was looking <laughs> for funny shit. So. I'm sure there is some kind of link, but I got to admit, when I saw ovulation, colon, a lap dancer secret weapon, I was like, holy shit, I got to read about this. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's what I picked. That was my first one. All right. Ready for mine? So, oh, yeah. Let, let's go. All right, Tom. I hate to break it to you, buddy, but Spider-Man does not exist. What? <laughs> After an extensive analysis, researchers at Cambridge University concluded that the larger a person is, the more adhesive they would need to stick to the wall, making it virtually impossible for a normal-sized human being to have the characteristics of Spider-Man. So what you're saying is, since I'm a fatty, (laughs) I can't be Spider-Man? Exactly. So, I like that they take the... That's a very scientific approach to it, that you would require more adhesive to stick to the wall. Okay, so point of order here. I don't even know if that's the correct thing, but, you know... (laughs) I've been drinking. So spiders make their own adhesive and it comes from their butt. So let's assume someone my size wanted to stick to the wall and I had the ability to excrete 
from my butt and adhesive unlimited amounts, wouldn't I be able to produce said amount of adhesive? Well, see, this is why I'm going to get a damn Nobel Prize. <laughs> Critical thinking, Ben. The senior author made notation that if a human wanted to climb up a wall, say the way a gecko does. <laughs> Hold would- on. <laughs> Hold on! Did you say senior author? There was more than one person. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, if they would need impractically large feet, Tom, we're talking a size. <laughs> we're talking a size hundred and fourteen in order to have enough adhesive to stick to your feet to the wall. So I don't think your butt's going to give that much adhesive. <laughs> it's so hard to explain. I'm having like a little mini movie in my head of like me and Ben with gigantic, gigantic duck feet trying to climb a wall. Like, why the hell can't I get up this wall? Oh, my God. You don't even have to put this in. You can edit this right out. It still is cracking me the fuck up. <laughs> Senior author. Senior author. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! I love that story. I love that story. I don't know what application it has to anything in academia, but I love that story. Well, you're you're up next, good sir. Oh, okay. Well, since we're going with hot news flashes, <laughs> I love saying the whole title out. <laughs> like to me, that just cracks me up even more. Wet underwear: colon not comfortable. That's a PhD thesis. That's that's a newsflash right there. So basically, a university in Denmark, I won't give the entire name here, investigated the significance of wet underwear. Gosh. And the significant cooling effect of wet underwear on thermoregulatory responses and thermal comfort. Oh, you, gosh. There's so many questions. So many questions, but I will give them this. They're from Denmark, so maybe cold underwear is like a thing there. Like, you got to worry about that. I mean, it is Denmark. I'd assume it's cold. Well, but even if you go to the gym, you know, you, you sweat, you're going to moisten. <laughs> moisten. Nether regions. Yeah. So, and it, it's definitely not comfortable. So, I mean, I guess I understand it, but uh, so they just like. All right, well, here's some wet underwear. Put those on. Go walk around for a little while. Tell me how you feel. I mean, is that? Well, I'll give them credit on this, okay? These crafty Danes. So what they did is they created a set of metrics, okay? So what they said was is that they were monitoring intestinal warmth. I can only assume that means they got a rectal rocket every time they fucking put on some wet underwear. (laughs) Uh, Weight loss and... The difference between similar subjects when they are wearing both cold or wet underwear. Well, now, again, this goes back to the I can see the academics in this. They did not even ask them their opinion. For Christ's sakes, (laughs) the entire thing is supposed to be about comfort. And they didn't even ask them if they were comfortable. Okay, (laughs) damn, you missed the point there, Denmark. You know what this reminds me of? One of our episodes, we talked about (laughs) army. And oh yeah, yeah. Moving heat through reminds- their head, but yes. like, well, cold wear are uncomfortable. Well, no shit. The difference I would think is these guys were actually wearing wet underwear, and they were asking them that. If you remember, 
when the army conducted that test and said, well, they're losing all the heat through their head, it's because they weren't wearing anything on their fucking head. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. at least these guys were wearing underwear. Maybe cold, wet ones, but yeah. <laughs> yes, but but you have some underwear on, so there you go. So, yes, one of those age-old questions that didn't need to be asked because everybody knows the fucking answer, wet underwear, not comfortable. Good to know. And somebody got a doctorate out of that. I'm just throwing that out there. Well, Tom, I'm going to help you out here. Oh, boy. <laughs> Playing Tetris. You remember that game? Did you ever play Tetris as a kid? Yeah. Of course I did. So playing Tetris for just three minutes will stop your cravings for sex, alcohol, and food. I need to play that for about three hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Is that like an hour each thing? No. Uh, <laughs> a team of psychologists from Plymouth University and Queensland University of Technology determined that after many hours of Tetris, that the game can be addicting and distract users from doing other stuff like eating, drinking, and having sex. So, apparently it feeds that addictive side of your brain, Tom. So, in full nerd disclosure, there is a documentary on Tetris. If you YouTube or look up Google Tetris documentaries, I watched one. I watched an entire documentary on Tetris. It was fantastic, by the way. I love documentaries, but I feel like those guys certainly weren't having sex based on just watching that. So but that, doesn't mean they that proves about okay. sex. Mm. Go back to Revenge of the Nerds. Go back to the, you know, let's, let's Whoa. The hold on. Those guys weren't playing Tetris though. I know, but you're negating your own theory. No, sir. No, sir. What I'm saying. Yes. They're nerds that are also playing Tetris. The whole point of Tetris is to make you not think about sex. No, I so guys not having sex are not now thinking about it. So I are still thinking about it. Go. I think you're wrong. Good day, sir. <laughs> Good day. <laughs> um, I didn't write this. So I'm just saying, if you think there's any point in the day where I'm not thinking about it, I don't care how much Tetris I'm playing. That's that's a thing. You, know, you can't satisfy your craving for sex in class, but I guess you can play Tetris. So that's a win. Okay, so. Honestly, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe we should start encouraging kids to play video games on their phones. Be like, mm-hmm. hey, there you go, kids. Keep you from double clicking. So that is an interesting thing. So is it just stimulation of different parts of your brain? Is it Tetris specifically because it's geometrical shapes? Or is it something just when you're engaging in game theory that your brain doesn't have time to think about girls in their underwear? It says playing a visually interesting game like Tetris occupies the mental processes that support that imagery. And so it's hard to imagine something vividly and play Tetris at the same time. So it is those specific parts of your cortex where your brain is having to engage. Oh, well, that's that's actually really interesting. Yeah, yeah, that's so. All right, Tom, your turn, sir. Do woodpeckers get headaches? (laughs) Boom. You didn't see that shit coming, did you? (laughs) Um. I mean, it makes so a 2002 article that was published in the British Journal of Ophthalmology. And since it's published, I can talk about it now. Like, so I think that's some of the legal criteria on this. In cooperation with ophthalmologists at the University of California at Davis, they go over how woodpeckers have developed the ability to avoid brain damage and bleeding or detached retinas while hammering their beaks into trees up to 20 times a second which equals to 12,000 times a day. 
Wow. That's a lot of that's a lot of hammering. A lot of you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Basically, what it says is if you want to protect your brain and eyes from traumatic injury, you need a squishy skull, which I don't even know what the hell that means. Squishy skull. But that's literally the quote from the article. Squishy skull, dirty jaw muscles and woodpeckers have, quote, relatively small, unquote, brains which uh well <laughs> would explain why they're hammering their face into a wood post 12,000 times a day in the first place. I don't know what the application is. I wish there was some kind of cool like hey, we can avoid traumatic brain injuries um <laughs> with this, but unless we can make helmets squishy, like we're are we going to cover helmets in raw hamburger at some point or something like what squishy subs slime Sure. Cover them in slime. I was, I was gonna say silly putty, yeah, but you know, slime. Yeah. You know, but even then. So here's the problem, though. Okay, any of those substances, and I have a small child who plays with slime all the time. So I, I feel like I'm a slime expert at this point. It's gonna lose its cohesion, right? So it's gonna stop adhering to the impact point, and then you're just gonna be banging a hard point against a hard point. Right. Yeah. So how? How do you keep the skull squishy? Well, yeah, they had to be a woodpecker first. <laughs> Jesus. Well, just that's not going to happen anytime soon. So I don't know what else to say about that one. All right, Tom. I just knew you weren't going to have an answer for it. <laughs> this is why I picked it. I got, let's do like, how about three more each? Dude, I'm good. Whatever you pick. All right. Three more each. Cause I found three that I really like here. I'm going to help you out here, Tom. What's the one thing that you want that your wife doesn't know about? For legal reasons, I can't answer that. Any of these questions. <laughs> that you've talked about on the show. Okay, so ask me that question one more time. What is the one thing that you've talked about on the show that you want that your wife doesn't know about? <clears throat> I, mm, mm. Well, since she doesn't listen, that'd be anything. But at the same time, and our listeners don't know me as well as you do, there's nothing I won't talk about to anybody at any time. So I don't know. A Nobel Prize, Tom. Come on, man. You were thinking too hard about that. Oh, son of a bitch. So. How did I not see that I, coming? I, I don't know. Their secret to winning a Nobel Prize, Tom. Eat more chocolate. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine. And basically he said he wondered if there was a correlation between a country's level of chocolate consumption and its population's cognitive function. And he determined that the country with the most Nobel laureates per 10 million people in, and the greatest chocolate consumption, Switzerland. Sweden was a close second and Denmark landed in third. So Tom? Fucking Denmark. <laughs> the good doctor even calculated the dose of chocolate necessary to increase the number of Nobel laureates in a given country by one is 0.4 kilograms or 0.9 pounds of chocolate per capita per year. So it's about 275 million pounds of chocolate per year for the United States. It's a lot of chocolate for you to eat. Well, that's a lot of chocolate and hold on. Not that I didn't find the, the chocolate, but I, I really don't know if I can limit mine down to three. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to. Because I'm looking at five. All right, let's go for it. What do you got? Okay, so this one seems pretty obvious. We can go through this one quick. Are you ready? Lightning round. 
I'm ready. Unhidden dangers of sword swallowing. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody, yeah. Oh, let that sink in for a minute. Really is it un- um, I mean, like, okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Continue. Well, no. So during the article, he literally lists another topic that I want to explore. I think we could do a whole episode on the fact that there are cat food tasters. <laughs> So that's a thing, Ben. I don't know if no, that's a thing episode, but maybe part of the grab bag episode we can uh, research that a little bit further. Holy shit! There are people that taste cat food. I'm slamming my hand on a desk right now. So, anyways, oh my god! So sword swallowing is bad for you. Yeah, apparently. So, in order to establish just how hazardous radiologist Brian Whitcomb and world champion sword swallower Dan Meyer. Analyze the technique and complications of 46 members of the Sword Swallowers Association International. That's a thing, Ben. Sword Swallowers Association International. Wow. And it's international. International. They published in 2009 in the British Medical Journal. I got to get with these British Medical Journal people. Right. I notice every time I say something fucked up, (laughs) it's from the British Medical Journal. All right. I got to get on their level. All right. Sore swallowing and its side effects was a whole article that performers had a heightened chance of injury when, quote, distracted or adding embellishments. Like swallowing a sword wasn't enough. If they got distracted or they're dancing, that's when like. Yeah, exactly. So if they were doing something else besides the fact that they had three feet of steel going down through their throat into their stomach, then... Which is weird anyway, but yeah. Hold on a second. At the end of the article, it says in 2007, Whitcomb and Meyer together received the Nobel Prize in Medicine. (laughs) I'm done. I don't have anything else to fucking say. Uh, Okay, we're going to leave that alone. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding at all. I believe you. Uh, There's nothing left in life at this point. If a guy can get a damn Nobel Prize for that. I can't be an astronaut. I can't get a Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, all right, Tom. Here's my next one here. You ready? Yeah. This was published in the Journal of Sex Research. Okay. Hold on. That's a thing. (laughs) That's another right. Subscribe to apparently. Oh, buddy. Female porn stars are happier than other women. You don't say. I I do say, sir. So they studied information from 177 porn starlets and compared it to data gathered from women whose professions didn't require nudity or saying colorful phrases. And on practically every measure... (laughs) No, define colorful phrases, Ben. It, It doesn't list any there. I was just... Uh It says, or potty mouth. I was just trying to make it funnier. On practically every measure of emotional well-being, the adult film stars scored surprisingly well. They are also more likely to partake in drugs and alcohol and more likely to be promiscuous at a younger age, but they're happier. So you want to rapid fire a couple at me? Okay. Are you ready? First of all, if there are any porn stars that are listening to our podcast... And you would like to be on the show so that we could talk about your happiness. Please feel free to contact us at what's the email? Adminpodcast.com. That. Contact us at that. You can ask for Tom. I don't care. Either way. Okay. So 
Are you ready, Ben? I don't think you're ready for this. Okay. I don't think you're ready for what I'm about to say, because here's the funniest part about this. There's an actual diagram with measurements that I'm going to screenshot and send to you. Okay. The propulsion parameters of, take a guess. Take a guess what I'm I'm going to send you propulsion parameters of, because uh, you're never going to guess this. Never. I mean, it sounds something rocketry, so let's say, like, model airplanes. Penguin shit. <laughs> okay. The proper the propulsion parameters of penguin poop is the actual name of this article. It was published in 2003. Yeah, I probably, I probably would not. Let me give you the exact title. Pressures produced when penguins poo. Dash. Calculations on avian defecation. That's a thing. My first question. What do you have to be doing with your life? <laughs> that you sit here and you think, you know, I just want to watch penguin shit all day. <laughs> I don't know. Nor do I. It, here's the thing. Okay. Some of these other. <laughs> some of these other dissertations have their abstract or summary and it's able to explain why they were looking at it. Like it's a very small piece or a specific piece of a much larger puzzle. Right. Right. I found nothing like that <laughs> for, for this other than, Oh my God, these are quotes. These are quotes. Okay. With knowledge of just a few parameters, including, oh God, including the thickness of and distance covered by the fecal matter, the researchers were able to calculate that the birds employed pressures of up to 60 kilopascals to eject their bodily waste. That's literally the most information I have from that fucking article. But I don't know what it's about other than these guys were able to tell you how much pressure it takes to make ping yeah i'm not even going to cover this one but even chickens prefer beautiful people <laughs> that's a fucking article right there it was published in 2002 article chickens prefer beautiful people chicken wow Hold on, here we go. Another one I'm not going to cover in depth. I just want you to know that this exists. The effects of cocaine on bees. That's a thing. I've actually seen that one. Oh, shut the fuck no, up. You have not. Like when I was researching. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, For the show, I thought you were like, there's no way that came up. <laughs> there's no way. No, um, okay. Produce more, uh, more pollen. And okay. Yeah. Okay, before I get into my last three actual ones, I'm going to give you one last guess to do this quick. This is a Passover because I didn't read the whole thing, but I saw the title and I stopped. Okay. So I'll give you a guess. Anything in the guess. Guess anything in the world. You will not even come close to any possibility that of what I'm about to read to you. Okay. No way. No way. <laughs> do I get anything? Like I just. It involves flying mammals. Yeah, take that in. Um, the mating habits of the Australian flying squirrel. Surprisingly close. <laughs> really? Wow. Yeah. Fruit bat fellatio patterns. <laughs> that, that is a PhD. So I'm not going to go through the whole thing, but researcher from China and the UK, again, Britain, <laughs> what's up? I got to get on their level. 2009 paper, fellatio by fruit bat prolongs copulation time. So females were fellating other male fruit bats 
so that he could copulate for longer times. <laughs> now, I didn't see if there is some kind of biological process in here, like that results in larger sperm counts or something. I didn't see any of that. Okay. Honestly, I kind of gave up after I saw fruit bat fellatio because I was like, I'm just picturing the little fruit bat with like a little tiny cigarette. That's what I'm, you know. Like, yeah. Like, have you ever seen Fern Golly? That. Okay. And it also depressed me. So I'm like, so a flying squirrel that sleeps in its own shit cave is getting more action than I am. Awesome. That makes me happy on the inside. So here we go. Let's go back to a couple more and then we can be done with this godforsaken we're dealing with here okay are you ready this is this is a legit one again i don't have every detail but the possibility of unicorns there you go that's a that's a title rhinoceri no they're they're no this is a legit the possibility of unicorns okay so so here's the crazy part okay well, first of all fuck it besides the fact that the possibility of unicorns is a topic it's not even by a biology major. What's it by? A philosophy undergraduate. That I would I should have thought philosophy because that's like some stoner shit right there. Oh God! You're sitting there getting high and you're like, dude, <laughs> do you think unicorns exist? And then like, let's run with that. Yeah, no shit. Okay, I don't know what else to say. There's literally not anything else to the abstract. Was people in ancient text talked about them? So maybe they were real. Maybe they were real. If there's anything that's ever confirmed to me that someone was smoking pot while they were writing a thesis statement, this is it. Because like I said, other ones at least have some abstract information. Nope. This is a philosophy undergraduate. This wasn't even a fucking graduate student. <laughs> like what happened in this person's life? That's what I want to know. Who hurt you? Who who hurt you person at King's College in England? Again, England. Yeah. I, what what happened? That's what I want to know. Well, Tom. So that's that's one of my three. That's one of my three official ones. Beer, Tom. Oh, don't you talk about beer. Beer's good for you. There's a study oh, yeah. from Japan that found that the suds contain an antiviral powers. So the chemical compound in hops can provide an effective guard against RSV, which is what we see a lot in infants and children can cause pneumonia and breathing problems here's the catch though tom i mean i other than you probably shouldn't give beer to your infants or toddlers there's such small quantities of this present in beer that they would need to drink about 30 cans for it to have any virus fighting effect so maybe that's why alcoholics don't get sick wow there you go so there's only two things i know i lived in a date where Japanese beer was very popular. I don't know how else to say it without giving away more details. Here's two things I know about Japanese beer is one, it's inevitably going to give you a headache. And two, those guys really design their cans well. You know, most people they get like really drunk. They're like, yeah, I'll show you how tough I am. Yes. Like they crush the beer can yeah. against something. Yeah. yeah, especially like their face. Yes. Let me make you aware you do not want to try and crush a Japanese beer can against any soft surface that's along your body tough can- it's going to result in pain well depending on how much you drink you may not have that pain well let me just say from experience point and maybe i should write a paper on this based on what we're reading tonight really? no it always hurts <laughs> <laughs> so like wow that guy stopped it must really hurt 
So, so beer can prevent RSV. So I want you to give me your last two because I want to wrap up with this one that I found, and you'll uh, you'll, you'll see why. Okay, well, these two are dudes. I think I, I think so... I'm still win, but go ahead, sir. All right, well, let's find out. Gay dead duck sex. I've actually heard of that. Okay, so have I, and let me, before anybody gets too weirded out and shuts off the show. <laughs> you know, there it is, was Pornhub, it was 4 a.m. No, <laughs> yes. Look, I was desperate. I'd been drinking. I needed the extra push <laughs> to get me through the hump. No, okay, so if you go to YouTube, there is a delightful <laughs> little series. Yes, that's what it was. Okay, sorry. Cool. Yes, called True Facts where they talk about true facts about a specific animal. So we'll say ducks. Uh, one was mantis shrimp. Yes, yes, yes. Otters. That was a good one, was otters. And the guy narrates it like he's Morgan Freeman, and he talks about these absurd, ridiculous facts, but they're true about these animals, like it's a documentary, but it's not. Hilarious. So I've heard of this before. Yeah, okay. So basically what they did was in 2001 – Wow. So a researcher first noted a case of homosexual necrophilia (laughs) in mallards during his migration tracking, and he witnessed a 75-minute raping of a dead male corpse by another male duck. Like, first of all, not only did he witness it, he recorded that. Does that make him like an accomplice? At this point, no, because he didn't help kill it. But here's my thing is I can't again. I'm reading abstracts and honestly trying to figure out what the purpose of this information is. Other than the fact that he witnessed it. This is almost like the ultimate like, dude, you won't believe what I saw. Yeah. Yes, I I would. (laughs) Because there's literally no follow up information on this other than. I saw a duck screw another dead duck for 75 minutes. And I was like, dude, you watched it for 75 minutes? Like, at some point, you didn't go, this is just gross. Like, you just kept on going, but, huh? But I I think this explains why autocorrect changes fuck to duck so often. Wow. And the plot thickens. <laughs> yes, it does. Wow. No, I never thought about that. I just figured it was trying to piss me off and give me an aneurysm. No, see, it's it's the duck fuck. Wow. I didn't think about that, but apparently this researcher did. So, minutes. Yeah, for 75 minutes. Like, wait, 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 which is impressive because, I mean, you know, I, I don't know if I would use the impressive for dead necrophilia rape. I mean, uh, no, but. My uh, my thought is, I mean, I only make it through about ten minutes of the porno. I mean, so wow, you know, seventy-five. It depends. Is pretty impressive. It depends on the plot. Yeah, I mean, seventy-five minutes is impressive at any point. I just, I don't know if I want to be intertwined in a conversation about dead duck rape because you know how this is going to turn out poorly for us, no matter how this goes. I know we need to move along. But I highly, highly suggest watching True Facts on Ducks on YouTube. Yes. I, I, I concur. All right. What's your okay. last one, sir? Or you want me to go again? I mean, yes. I want you to go because I want to go last. Yes. Okay. Because this one actually has an application I can understand. Are you ready? I'm ready. A better approach to penile zipper entrapment. 
Yeah, yeah. In 2005, researchers from New Delhi looked at reported methods of intervention for the most, quote, unpleasant of problems and found that common approaches either take too long or can actually make the circumstances worse. The researcher's paper titled Save and Painless Manipulation of Penile Zipper Entrapment details instead a quick and simple non-traumatic which is key honestly at this point method using wire cutters using wire cutters and a pair of pliers who who that's of course everybody's you know i'm sure knows the famous (laughs) oh honestly that's referenced in this article yes wow how the hell do you get the beans above the frame (laughs) yeah okay so that just happened okay and here's here's the thing though the abstract, the article, nothing references why, how, other than method. It doesn't explain who this population is to. Well, clearly, it's supposed to benefit the population of males. But here's my point. How many males are getting their junk like how often trapped, trapped? Yeah, that they needed to devise in a completely separate method. Of extraction, we're going to use the Kawasaki method of. Holy penile. Christ! Could you imagine that? Just, just once, I want to hear a urologist or somebody say, "So I'm going to use the uh, haiku method of penile extraction from zipper entanglement." Like, whoa! You guys have thought about this way too much. I feel sorry for the poor bastards that had to keep getting their junk zipped up to test the different theories. Well, that. Yeah brings me back to something i would love to point out and did we talk about irbs i think that was just in pre-production yeah they were just in pre-production yes quick shout out before ben gets into his last thing and i I just want to throw this out there so there are a thing called irbs for making sure that basically your test subjects remain safe and that there is a purpose basically behind your project and you have to pitch these when you're doing a mass dissertation, etc. I would love to have been on the board for an IRB to hear someone say, so I want to write a dissertation on getting your cock stuck in a zipper and how to safely get it out. And I'm going to, I, I would have literally just dropped a pin and been like either Bravo, sir, and started clapping <laughs> or be like, okay, fuck face. Stop right there. Explain how this is one safe to the test subjects <laughs> Two, how we're going to apply this in a everyday setting. Maybe. And just listen to that answer. I just want to hear that answer. Maybe they use cadaver penis. Hashtag cadaver penis. Wow. Okay. I did not see that coming to be completely fair. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So since we got my bullshit out of the way well, and you didn't really flinch, I can see your face. I can only fucking imagine at this point what your last story Bro, to finish this catastrophe of was, a night has been. I thought it was fitting that yours was on things to do with the penis. Oh, uh, Tom, do you want to know what this the secret to longer life is? So I'm going to do that thing like Johnny Carson used to do where he held the envelope up to his Yeah, head. Karnak. Great. Uh, was that what it was? The Swami? Yeah. So. Let's see here. Three things Tom wishes he knew. Let's go. What, what are what are these? Oh no, it's just one. It's just one secret. Oh, just Jesus fuck. Just just give me the one 
secret. Here, here's the thing, Ben. As I don't even know, I don't even know what it is. We have not discussed it. You have not talked about it. I will tell you right now, it is not happening in my life. So that's all I need to know at this point. Okay, so lay it on me, Big Daddy. Give it to me. To longer life for men is castration. Researchers in Korea studied the eunuchs. Whoa. (laughs) I tried to just roll right past it. Yeah. Uh, Apparently. Keep going, Korea. (laughs) The eunuchs, the the men that were castrated uh, centuries ago, outlived other men by significant margin. It says that their findings suggest that the male sex hormones are what's responsible for men dying younger. Could also be that, oh, you know, hey, hold my beer. But it probably comes from the male hormone as well. So, Tom, the reason I want to say that one for last is what what's happening Thursday? <laughs> wow. Well, yeah. yeah. It, it, am I becoming an honorary eunuch at this I point? Think so. I don't know. So, oh, wow. I mean, I don't know if that beats dead duck gay sex. But it's certainly up there. I don't know. Walking the boys off is... Whew. Okay, so I would say Korea. Eunuchs were found to have lived 14 to 19 years longer than other men. Okay, but hold on. So a couple things. I mean, clearly I'm not a eunuch specialist. Well, I'm okay, not. But one, I would say that they are eunuchs, so that means they're part of royal courts usually. So they're probably you know, better taken care of than most people. Two, since they're eunuchs, they're usually in advisory roles. So they're not out fighting dudes. Okay. So they're not getting stabbed. That's going to make your life longer. Well, I'm going to, but I guess three refute those. Uh, They said that most eunuchs spend as much time outside of the palace as they did inside of it. And Kings and other male members of the Royal family had the shortest lives, typically surviving only to their mid forties. Well, I guess this becomes a philosophical debate. Which we don't have time for, but yeah. Let's say you don't have your boys with you. You know what I'm saying. Yep, gone. Okay. Would you even want to live another 19 years? Not really. Exactly. Look, and ladies, I'm not trying to... This isn't hubris, but there is a point to being a guy. And short of a tragic incident where your boys and or member have been removed, why would I... Yeah, let's just see. There you go. All right. Let's wrap the show up, Tom. What do you think? You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, all at Just Some Podcast. You can find us on the web, www.justsomepodcast.com. You can also find us on Libsyn. It's justsomepodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Helium Radio, Thursday nights. Helium Radio after dark, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 Central. Admin at justsompodcast.com. And next week, Tom is... Yeah, becoming a eunuch, <laughs> pretty much. So, uh, yeah, we're going to cover that. We're going to talk to Tom pre-procedure. Hopefully, we're going to try to talk to Tom post-procedure. We're also going to cover actually what the procedure is. And I personally have had this procedure done before. I had it in my daughter's six, so about six years ago, almost seven and so we'll address some of the uh, more popular questions that may come along with that, because I've gotten some interesting questions from patients in regards to vasectomies. Do you still ejaculate? Not me personally, but I mean, just if they were to get a vasectomy, would they still? So I mean, we'll, we'll address all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Not me personally. <laughs> I mean, I'm like, wow. Me personally. You have a much more personal... <laughs> 
holy shit no wonder i got problems because i'd be like whoa dude on that note make sure you tune in next week hope that you enjoyed this episode just remember if you're out there and you're trying to come up with your doctoral thesis we just gave you a bunch of ideas i mean granted these are all published research but i mean you can tweak it a little bit and you can see that yeah Yeah. (laughs) i don't i don't think the unicorn theory has a lot to spread out so (laughs) i'm telling you it's fat rhinoceros um, hope you enjoyed this episode this was more of that lighter episode because we had done some deep stuff so we wanted to kind of break it up and cause you to laugh so hopefully you got some as much laughs out of this as we did I hope everybody has a great week this is Tom I hope everybody stays safe minus your boys next week